0: This is episode 47. In this episode, you'll meet Nicolás Luna, a health insurance broker. From getting laid off to building his own business, Nick shares his story and lots of great advice. I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, I'm Giselle Martin, and this is Relate and Elevate. Bienvenidos. It's a podcast where Latinx business owners share stories of cultural identity and entrepreneurship. I believe consumers want to support businesses they relate to because it gives them a sense of community. Also, join me on my business mindfulness series where I share business tips and activities that will help you grow and sustain your business. So please subscribe to Relate and Elevate to learn more about closing the cultural gaps in the marketplace. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Relate and Elevate. And I'm here on Zoom because all of my podcast recordings are officially on Zoom now Uh, because of the shelter in place. Ordinance. So, um, would you like to introduce yourself and where maybe where you're located right now? And
1: Sure. Um, my name is uh, Nicholas Luna. I'm uh, located in Los Angeles, California, not too far from downtown, maybe about three or four minutes away from downtown LA. Uh, I'm a health insurance broker. I've uh, been in the business as an independent broker since 2016, been in health insurance since 2008.
0: Hmm. So you know your stuff, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I, I know it too well.
0: Inside, uh, outside, in your sleep, <laughs>
1: Every yeah, time, I, everywhere. <laughs> I worked at um, a big insurance company, uh, Anthem Blue Cross, for eight years. I worked in several different departments. I worked with several different, you know, customers at Anthem Blue Cross. I, they, in, they have a large... Uh, customer base and they do large employers like state employees people who work for the universities uh, the police, depart- uh, police department the sheriff's uh, thing UPS or FedEx one of those and then each contract is always different so learning how to understand the different benefits per the contract you know it takes time and you and you would think oh this is going to be like this one and it's not and you're like oh
0: <laughs> <laughs> They're
1: all yeah, it. So yeah, it have been well worse, and then I worked in the contracting department where we negotiated the deal, uh, contracts with new doctors when they became, you know, when someone, a doctor graduated and became licensed and they wanted to start their own practice or they wanted to join a big organization uh, like, you know, UCLA or in your, your area, uh, Sutter, I think Sutter mm-hmm. Health. Sutter Health,
0: whole,
1: yeah. Yeah, big organization over there, so we worked with them did that for within Anthem. I think that department for about three years, three, four years, I think four years. So I got to understand it a little bit more in depth. So stuff that I thought I, you know, when I worked in on the customer side, I'm like, Oh, okay. I'm pretty well versed and stuff like that. But then when I got to the provider side, a whole new world, a whole new language and understanding and more about accountability as mm. far as, you know, doctors, you know, I don't want to say doctors, but just people in general, when they give you a form, like oh, like you're legally obligated to follow these rules and you're like, mm, not really. You know, you know, you have to look at the wording and, um, and at the end of the day, if a consumer goes to a physician and that physician has a contract with your insurance company, regardless of the form that the physician uh makes a a patient sign Mm -hmm. the contract between the insurance company and the physician overrides whatever the physician gave you. Like, for example, doctors do this all the time. They'll be like, oh, you know, sign this form in case your insurance company doesn't pay for it. Um, What's it called? Mm -hmm. Uh, You're obligated obligated to pay for it.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. One, you could say, I'm not going to pay for it. I'm not going to sign this paperwork because A, If it's not covered by insurance, then I don't want to have the service. I
0: don't want it. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah, you're right.
1: They don't. Or if you do sign it and you get to say, like, well, I was in the intentions that whatever we were going to provide was going to be medically necessary. So Mm -hmm. if they provide a service that is deemed not medically necessary, then yes, it's not going to be um, covered, but you're only going to what's call it called if you are having a service most of the time people want it because it's medically necessary. Yeah. Not medically necessary is because it's cosmetic. Yeah. Like, if I want to remove a mole because I don't like the way it looks on my selfies, <laughs> right, that's cosmetic. But if you want to remove a mole because it could be linked to some sort of cancer or illness, completely different. So, yeah, and once I understood that, I'm like, oh, all right, cool. I can now as a consumer, um, I can, you know, be more educated and feel more empowered when I go to these doctor's office, when they try to get, you know, cute, and, you know, intimidate people. Then I'm like, you know what? I can help out customers with this too. So, you know, it ended up working out in my favor.
0: You know what? Like thinking about that in like business terms, I don't think that a lot of people realize that the healthcare industry and the medical industry is a business, like it is a business. And so that's why as consumers of healthcare, we are very, very passive because we assume that healthcare is a right. I mean, like, I do believe that is a right, but legally and institutionally, it's not a right to everyone. And so like that just opens up like a huge bigger conversation on like the business part of it, the political part of it, you know, everything like the educational part of it, like how are the providers educated? How are us consumers as consumers educated in this? And so I'm really, I'm really happy that you're bringing this up because it just touches upon a lot of things. And especially right now, while we're all practicing, um, well, we're obliged to practice shelter in place because of the ordinance in California and several states here in the United States. And um, it's just bringing up a lot of things and people are going through things and maybe thinking about things that they've never thought of before. But um, let's talk a little bit more about that later but let's get to know you personally more. Um I just have a few questions to like a little icebreaker questions to get you <laughs> nice. to know you better. So what is your favorite food?
1: I love tacos. Love tacos. And it doesn't matter what kind of tacos, just all tacos. Barbacoa, carnesada, uh pastor, tripas, lengua,
0: tortillas, meat, meat. tacos, that's it. Anything that's it.
1: <laughs> as long as it's got a good salsa, guacamole is not necessary, but it's obviously what makes it better, but tacos.
0: See, I like to add aguacate, queso, uh, yeah, some salsa, chile, sometimes multiple kinds, the red, the green, all the,
1: all the, oh, no, all the right? sauces. I can get, get super creative, but yeah, tacos.
0: Mm-hmm. What is your favorite color?
1: <sighs> well, I, I my favorite color goes based off what I look good in because I'm <laughs> that's darker, important. Yeah, darker complexion, so there's a lot of colors that I can't wear. But I would say, as a color, I like blue. But the colors that I always normally wear, black, red, white.
0: Hmm. I like those colors, the two of them. I go through phases of like, oh, today my favorite color is red. To, tomorrow it'll be pink, and you'll see. Nice. What's the most recent book you've read?
1: Good cool question. The third door.
0: The third door.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh.
1: It's what is that about. It's really interesting, actually. Um, so. It talks about how uh, there's always a third door to enter you know a location. Uh, one thing uh, people usually always kind of get you know stuck with is that you could only enter to the front or through the back, and the front mm-hmm. is like where everyone goes through, the back is VIP, but like there's always another way to get inside, so like the kitchen door, like the basement. You know, like just trying to find a different way to get in contact with individuals or and making things happen. Um, it was really interesting because the author I, I met him, and um, what I was really curious about, you know, what, what got me curious about him was his story. And he was like, I found I found a way to game the prices, Right, like mm-hmm. how to how to stand out and you know get selected and make mm-hmm. sure that I get picked and Mm-hmm. he ended up winning the prices is right and cool yeah he sold everything to help him quit college and start writing the book oh. <laughs> Yeah. yeah so it was a good book so if anyone has any downtime which you probably do <laughs> <I recommend laughs> read it especially if you're in the united states well actually i mean most of the world is there's some downtime because there's know because of what's
0: going on yeah I've I've like updated my reading list too I'm like like, I have a book upstairs and a book downstairs or wherever I am I'm like reading (laughs) nice if you could meet one person dead or alive who would that be and why
1: dead or alive um good question I think I have a a good a list of people that I want to The only one that really is standing out right now is Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King wasn't a very financially successful person, you know, in like, maybe like a Steve, compared to like a Steve Jobs,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but he was, he still remembered
0: mm-hmm.
1: and he, he passed away. God knows like what, 50, 60 years ago. Um, but his leadership is impeccable. Like that's just just crazy. And I would just love to just kind of chat with him and you know and figure out it just to watch him. Just I I, honestly I probably wouldn't even know what to ask him. I would just can I just be with you for like 48 hours and just watch what you do. Because I would like to learn um his leadership skills. Uh because I mean though he wasn't as financially successful as some other well known people. Um, there's a day, um, for him in January. And that says a lot about Martin Luther King. So yeah, I would like to meet him.
0: Have you heard his speeches, like him saying his speeches?
1: I've heard a few. I've obviously, obviously heard the I have a dream one that's iconic. Um, but I've heard a bun- a little, some other ones, um, when he's, I think like he was like at a church, I think he was kind of, it's like a smaller venue. I'm just like, man,
0: like he's- mm-hmm. Yeah, they're really, really, they're intense. They're really, really impactful. When I was in, uh, when I was a senior in uh, high school, I had the opportunity to go to the South and to Washington DC and to Virginia and to Atlanta. And we visited some of the places, some of the sites where he made the speeches and we had a book like all of the students all of us we had a book of all of his speeches and we were reading the speech while we were at the location where he made the speech and he um and we could hear the speech like they put it on a speaker for us so it was just like so like i don't know like really, really intense and pop, like I don't know, like I could feel it, like I could feel the energy of it, you know. And then, because they record their live recordings, then you can hear the people, people cheering and everything around. Like yeah, like I'm getting chills now. But yeah, yeah, he was.
1: I would, I would love to sit down and just, like I said, follow him. I would, I would eventually figure out what to ask him because I would first get starstruck. Like, oh. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Martin the king, you know, and um. And then once I settle down, then I'm like, all right, cool. Then we can kind of chit chat.
0: So, what's the last song you listened to?
1: Oh, it's actually really good. I just heard this. It is called Hold On. I heard this. I follow Barstool. Barstool's the best. It's such guy humor, and they're all about sports and giving you the sports. Barstool. Yeah, Barstool sports. They're they're dope, and they shared uh, a guy pushing a truck. Um, so like, all right, they can't go to the gym, so they're pushing a truck uphill.
0: Oh. Okay. And, um,
1: the person that ended up pushing the truck was uh, offense lineman for the Tennessee Titans. So he's a oh. professional football player.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then he was playing this song. The song, I went so I went onto his profile and started looking at it, and I found this one video of his. And um, what's it called? It a uh, he was playing a song. It's called uh, "The Outsiders" by Eric Church. Mm. So that's the last song I've been listening to. I've been, Like obsessed about it for like the last twenty-four hours.
0: <laughs> you remind me like of of my kids. Once they hear a song, they like they're like playing it over and over and over and over again and singing and dancing so much that like I learn it and I'm like, why am I why am I singing this song? Why am I liking the song? Why am I
1: liking the song? What's wrong with me? Yes, I know. I think no, all of us go through that. Like hear a song, and it's attached. It, it's like. And it triggers an emotion, right? Something yeah. it, in all songs, well, not all songs, but certain songs will be like, ooh, like you, you hear that. And then and I'll not forget this, like one of my buddies, when we went on a road trip. He's like, he goes, isn't that funny? <clears throat> it's funny that when we go on a road trip, there's always that one song that gets you. And that mm-hmm. forever, every time you hear that song, you think of that road trip or that yeah. moment. And I'm just like, oh, wow. It's so funny ever since he had said that, like, every time we, I hear a certain song, I think, oh, I remember that's when we were driving up to Tahoe. Oh, I remember that when we were driving this way. So, yeah, music, music is fun. And I like how it's always evolving now with the internet because these, uh, you know, artists can get popular without having any money behind them. So that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that makes me think of how they created that coronavirus song off of Cardi B's. Um, oh my goodness, Cardi, B, Cardi B's Instagram video. Wow. <laughs> but
1: anyway, <laughs> that's okay. Anyway, that's yeah, That was awesome. You have to. I mean, yeah.
0: yeah, that was awesome. Like the way and like how that happened and so fast and it's like number one on the Apple Music charts. Like <laughs> it's crazy, but it really like gives me this like hope that there is a way to kind of like level the playing field. That's what I see. That's what I see. But. Yeah, it, no, it does. And
1: if you follow, um, if you go on like TikTok, I've seen so many guys that are like, I'm going to make a beat out of this. And they'll just go to like Rite Aid and they'll be like, <coughs> they'll, they'll flick something, they'll open up a bag of chips, they'll shake Tic Tacs and they record all those sounds and then they go back and then they mix in uh different you know drums and basses and vocals and then they throw in all those other sounds and they're, like, and they're just like I'm like wow like it's, it's it's really interesting how how, pe- how the music game has really changed and uh anyone who has talent has a chance
0: yeah Yeah, for sure. I actually was having this conversation with someone about how technology is actually a tool that can give us the capacity to level the playing field, but there's still a lot of like barriers within it. And it's more of like the institutional barriers that have already existed, like that still exist in society that gives us those barriers. But, but anyway, that's like a total different conversation. We can have like 10 different conversations from the stuff we just talked about. Easily. Easily. How about we talk about what we what you came to talk about? <laughs> um, cultural identity and entrepreneurship. So how do you self-identify?
1: Um, I would say I'm, I'm a Mexican-American. Right, i I was born in America, but definitely Mexican parts. So, uh, I love like my Hispanic culture, uh, or my Mexican culture. Both my parents immigrated from from Mexico, came to the states. I was born here. So, you know, as far as like the food, the, the our culture, the music, everything, I'm like 100. percent But you know, when it comes to like sports, like USA is one, Mexico is two. So it's American first and, you know, then Mexico. So I don't forget where I, you know, where my, my family came from.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very, very important to me. But I also like, you know, the American spirit, the competitiveness, the, um, the, you know, you can do it attitude and kind of like, you know, back from the late, you know, early 1700s, right? The Boston Tea you know what screw your tax take your tea right like Mm -hmm. you know it's kind of like the American kind of spirit so that's why I self-identify and I'm also 100 a guy like I like slapstick (laughs) humor I still think a fart sound is hilarious and when I see someone fall I laugh first and then I assist you getting up later
0: (laughs) (laughs) At least you do the second part. Like, yeah, no,
1: I'm gonna, I'm gonna, like, if I see one of my buddies, like, they fall, I'm like, ah, I'm going help them up, right? But first, let me laugh at you. Because
0: wait, it's fun. you don't wait. You don't laugh, then take a video and then help them, or are you? Or are you... No, I, it, well,
1: it depends, <laughs> right? Like, if, if, if I'm ready, then yeah, it's, it's, I'm recording. But if not, I'm laughing first because I wanna enjoy the moment. Because sometimes, like, if you're like, hold on. I'm going to go get the camera like that just kind of yeah, it me. ruins
0: the, it ruins the laughing moment. Yeah.
1: So
0: <laughs> So what so does okay. cultural identity mean to you? Like the phrase cultural identity.
1: You know what in today's world it's really interesting because it kind of can get really complicated, but for me I keep things really simple. Cultural identity is very simple, it's like kind of like how I was brought up and you know um, our our customs, the religion, the food that we eat, traditions, uh, that's what I see
0: as cultural identity. So you expl- you talked a little bit about your business and what you do. Um, can you share with us, like, how did you decide to turn it into a business? Like, how did you des- decide to be an entrepreneur since you were in it for such a long time?
1: Yeah, so, um, you know, since the age of 19, I've always wanted to be my own, like be in a business. I just never knew what it was. So I tried different stuff, you know, from 19 to 33 years old. Like I, I tried everything. Uh, None of it really panned out how I wanted it to, but when it came to health insurance, um, I got laid off in 2016. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got to the point in my life where I, I mean, financially I was, I was stable. I wasn't, you know, I, like I couldn't go have to, I didn't have to not go back to work, but I mean, I did enjoy a nice six month vacation. That was fun. But during that time, you know, I kind of looked at my I reflect, am I all right, what am I going to do with my life now? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm at this, I'm 33 years old, you know, I just got laid off in an insurance company. You know, I have all this knowledge, but I don't know where mm-hmm. to apply it. Like, I just mm-hmm. don't know. So I was just kind of just talking with buddies, and uh, I remember I was having a conversation with um, one of the my fraternity brothers about the uh, softball tournament that was coming up, and
0: mm-hmm. we we're
1: just kind of conversating. He was asking me like, "What are you doing? You know, I'm laid off, you know, working insurance. And he's like, I have a buddy who does insurance, and he's actually just got me taken care of. He's like, "Let me connect you with him." And I'm like, "Okay." So I met up with this individual. His name is Jaime Gonzalez, and uh, he introduced me to the world of being a broker. So when he first introduced me to business, he was only kind of telling me about Medicare. He's like, oh, you know, a lot of, you know, seniors are retiring. And if you have all this knowledge, you've been, you know, you've been working for the insurance companies for so long, like this should be super easy for you to pass your exam and to be able to get appointed by all the insurance companies. It should be pretty, you know, simple for you. Like Okay. And at first I really didn't think of like actually taking it serious. I was like, Oh, maybe I could just help them out. You know, I have a lot of insurance knowledge. I could just do it that way. And and then I got licensed and I'm like, okay, you know what? Maybe I'll just do it just to kind of really help the community. Cause when I worked at Anthem Blue Cross, uh, when I worked in the customer service department, you know, I firsthand experienced Latinos are underserved, mm-hmm. underserved. Mm-hmm. They don't know. I mean, insurance is already complicated.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, try to understand it in in English is your second language. In a
0: different language. So yep. Just in a different culture, like the yeah, world. it's
1: completely it's different, different you know, people than they do are.
0: in other countries. Yeah.
1: And insurance, really doesn't exist. I mean, insurance exists in other countries, but not how it does in the United States. Yeah. So they're like, well, we have to pay to for this, and and you know, I know a lot of Latinos are used to when you pay for something, you get something in return that's tangible. Either you mm-hmm. can eat it, you can drink it, you can touch it, you can drive it, you know.
0: Or you Insurance can resell you it. it.
1: <laughs> Insurance you pay for it, and it's like it's there in the air, right? Mm-hmm. So for them it's really complicated. And I would I would have to have conversations with them and break it down and, and make them feel uh, that they didn't get ripped off, you know, that like, no, like this is how it's supposed to work out, this is your plan, you know. Sorry that your employer's HR department didn't tell you this, but this is how it works.
0: Mm-hmm. And at the
1: end of the day, they weren't mad; they just had to accept things for what it was. So I was like, okay. Then I was like, now that I, you know I'm a broker, I'm like, I know there's a need. So, and then I just kind of kept going and just kept doing the business and just you know get, got more into it. And then just the light bulbs went off. And I was like, oh wait a minute! Like, baby boomers are retiring. I'm like, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and that's when my eyes just like, Oh, snaps. Like, it just was like, from, it was at the right timing for me, like, you know, being had kind of just got laid off and then getting kind of thrown into this world where there was a huge need for someone like myself, as far as not only just, you know, getting new customers, but helping them when things don't go right. Mm -hmm. Enrolling someone to a plan is simple, but dealing with issues once they, you know, they can't be treated or they can't get an appointment because the doctor office doesn't want to, see, you know, can't see them because it's, they're busy and they can't see them until like three or four months. And then I have to call and let the doctors know that their patient has a broker that actually knows insurance mm.
0: and has to You're an advocate.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm definitely an advocate for my customers to make sure that, you know, um, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> so, and, and it worked out. It's really, it's been a fun uh, journey. You know, it was very hard because it's, you know, it's just like any self-employed person, you're it's strictly commissioned. So it was, mm-hmm really tough um in the beginning I had to you know work Um, I still you know still work uh full time because I don't have any kids so you know I'm like I look at I treat my um what's it called it uh my my business like a kid I give it a lot of attention I nourish it I you know I don't babysit it I we're in we're we're in it together (laughs) and it's growing and Luckily now it's it's pretty. And you learn
0: from it. You, uh, yes. You learn from them. <laughs> I learned a lot. And they and check I, you. My yes. <laughs> kids check me all the time. Your uh, business well, my, checks you. Yep. All well, my business checks me
1: like you wouldn't believe.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Keeps me honest. So, in it took me a while to finally get it. You know, stable. It's pretty pretty stable now. And um,
0: that's great.
1: And it's been pretty fun. And it's really, I think, like my story is pretty. I think it's pretty relatable. When I worked at Anthem lacrosse, I hated it, hated it, mm-hmm. hated the first department that I was in. And it wasn't because I didn't like the business, but it was the same thing over and over and over and over again. i go in mm-hmm. to work at the same time. I deal with the same stuff every single Not day. The
0: definition of insanity Doing yeah. the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. That's yeah, literally I, I think the I'm, definition of insanity. Like when I, I, will, I left my job too, I was like, I'm literally driving myself insane by doing this to myself over and over and over again.
1: Yeah. It, it's and it and at one point I wanted to quit and I was like, Oh my God, I, gotta, I can't take this job anymore. And like, this is ridiculous. Like I, and it was not really, again, like I didn't want to deal with customers or anything like that. It was just, it was just the same thing.
0: Yeah. Like, even if I just
1: did, I would just, you know, I think what I learned from that is like, all right, whenever I have employees, let's make sure that I change it up. Like every six months, you know, like once they master that, like, all right, let's try something different because,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, when people get, it's that the same thing you become a machine it's like soulless you lose your passion right your, your drive to actually you know excel yeah so um I, you know i wouldn't i'm if you was if you would talk to me like in 2000 and tell me like hey do you think you know did you ever want to be a health insurance broker you know like like nope <laughs> you know <laughs> it doesn't sound cool right but um Because um, of my personality, you know, I think I've been able to make health insurance kind of cool, at least on the internet, where Mm -hmm. you know you
0: Yes, you have.
1: (laughs) You (laughs) You know so. So that's where it kind of it blends in, right? Like, all right, look, I this is my skill. I, I know this very well. I may not like that I know this very well, but let's add my my flavor, my spin to it. And, and then I also combined the fact that I genuinely like to help people. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just worked out. So for anyone who's listening, and if you hate your job, you may not hate your job. You may just hate that you do the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You're really good at your job, but if you're able to find a way to.
0: Use um, the same skills. Yeah, use that
1: same skill for yourself and, and find a way to, um, make a living for yourself with that skill, then it becomes really fun. Where it becomes fun for me is being creative and finding different ways to um, entertain, but still educate people about the importance of having health insurance, because it is important, because if you get sick, um, really sick, especially right now, like, you know, with the way things are, you know, unfortunately, you can be set back financially, um, if you're not prepared and if you definitely if you don't have you know proper insurance. so I'm a reminder of two people that uh, yeah, you may think you're cool, um, but if you don't have health insurance um, when you you know want to impress somebody and try to do a trick and backflip and then you break your wrist, I hope you got health
0: insurance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the videos you post on Instagram. Are, first of all, hella funny. They're freaking hilarious. Also, they are humbling because then you start thinking about, wait, oh, shit. <laughs> first of all, I wouldn't do this too much of the thing to <laughs> But second of all, wait, what if I did? <laughs> like, you know. Um, But, you know, you talked a little bit about this already, like how you're um, – but can you expand a little bit more about how does your cultural identity affect the way you run your business? Uh yeah, because
1: you know, um what what's helped me a lot, like there's one thing knowing the language, right? Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I know how to speak Spanish. I I understand as a Mexican American, um, is that uh yes I speak Spanish. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: yes, someone else can speak Spanish. You know, you're you could be from a you know Russian, you can speak Spanish. You can be Egyptian, you speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand the culture,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that's a whole different ballgame.
0: Like mm-hmm.
1: knowing the nuances of like, you know, even references like of of like iconic shows, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: songs and, and food and, um, and just little things that we say is... And
0: every sp- Spanish-speaking country is different. And yeah. even within Mexico, there's 33 different states in Mexico, and they're all different.
1: Yeah. It's, it's like, they're slang. It's just like the United States. Yeah, too. You yeah. know, like people in, in LA speak different than people in the Bay Area. People mm-hmm. in New York speak different from the people in Kansas and Arkansas and Alabama. It's, you mm-hmm. know, it's understanding that, you know, the, the culture. And even, I mean... Like, for example, like, I have a, I have a lot of customers, but I have a, one customer in particular, she is from Honduras, Mm -hmm. so I wasn't very familiar with the culture, Um, you know, they speak, they have different slang, just like we were just talking about, just within Mexico, there's, you know, different, you know, words that they use and things like that, and um, there, I reached out to a, a colleague of mine, I was like, hey, you're from Honduras, she's like yeah yeah it's like is there like a saying that you guys always say kind of like you know like like mexicans we're like yeah way or the mom mm-hmm. is or you know like something right like oh you know ponte, ponte, uh, cocinar, or, ponte limpiar, right? there's mm-hmm. always you know right like, like oh that, that, that's mexican i said go vaya pues. And i'm like okay so then like i googled it and then i saw that it's, it's a very common thing and the whole point of it was like all right let me um, I wanted to get her a custom gift mm-hmm. and um, so I ended up getting her an apron and I put on I put in, uh, the I printed the phrase buy a pues mm-hmm. so when I called her just to kind of confirm like she's going to be there when I go deliver it and then she answers the phone we just start chit-chatting and she's like oh my a pues right and she hangs up and I'm like oh my god Like, you know like so when I, I get there and I deliver it, right? And, and mm-hmm. she looks at it and she's like, oh, and she like, she paid attention, you know, she notices it by a quest. She's like, oh my God, like, you know, like you paid attention, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's really important as um, someone who's not familiar with someone's culture to dive in and accept their culture, even if it's different, you know, like, okay, they say some things that are different, like, oh, like a straw, Right mexicans Mm. call it popote but it is called something else everywhere else i've
0: heard like five different different words for that you know
1: yeah it's so don't fight it you know don't fight it and i think it's important for us what i own my my culture i own that and i kind of just hone in on that but i also do my best to try to you know connect with other Hispanic culture just to make sure as a business side, it's, it's important because, you know, that's how you build, that's how you build depth. You know, uh, once, there's a saying I, I heard and I'll never forget it. People don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm-hmm.
0: It's building right? that connection.
1: And that, and, that, and that builds super depth. Like when, I, when I say depth is that that customer will probably be with me for the rest of their life. Like they're not going to, Anywhere for a simple gift that I gave her, but not only that, it was custom. But what it was, it she was able to identify that to her culture. So it's super important as myself to understand that not everyone's Mexican American, Mm -hmm. and someone when I'm talking to different Latinos, you know, I have to kind of just sit back and you know, yeah when I'm talking to them, they they look at me like as their son. So my Spanish, they understand it, even though it's not perfect. But they understand, like, I understand what they're thinking. Like, I know what they want. I know what their concerns Mm -hmm. are. And I'm able to explain it in a way where they understand it. And then, you know, it's... Yeah. I don't want to say I lived it because I'm not their age, but I understand it a little bit more because they're like my parents' age. So I understand their concerns and...
0: You've experienced that.
1: Exactly. So I I know what it is. And I know one thing that Latinos don't like to do is they don't like to pay a premium. (laughs) They hate paying a premium, like anything that's reoccurring, like a monthly payment. mm, They're they're not big fans of that, especially Mm. when it comes to insurance. Like, Although I have a monthly payment for a car, but I know for a premium for insurance or for their car or, or for their, their health or anything, or life insurance. Oh, don't even get me started with life insurance. I <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't even get me started on life insurance. But, um, so just understanding that, you know, that's the Latino culture and because I'm, I'm able to respect it, you know, I'm able to. Not to- only
0: It's not only about respect, you also accept it you see people for who they are you accept them you make a connection and that's really all that humans people that's all really that we really want is to be accepted for who we are and what we stand for and that really is like the definition of love like to be uncondition- unconditionally accepted right and that's really when you're building a business, like a relationship business, a service business. That's really what it's about, is accepting people for who they are, making that connection, and really listening. Listening, because if you accept for them for who they are, then you've showed them that you're listening to them and you value them, right? And not only like as a business, you. it's not that you're valuing them. Only as a client, but you see them as a person and a human that you can help and be of service to. At least that's how I see it too, and I think that's how you're explaining it also.
1: Yeah, people forget. Like a lot of business owners,
0: I guess I don't want to say.
1: I think the the more big insurance, like big companies, you know, they don't. And I understand that they're just so big that it's hard for them them to do little things. But um, you know, we're we're people, you know, and people want to connect with people and people follow people.
0: Mm-hmm. They don't
1: follow corporations, you know. So if I were, you know, it I what is it that uh, whenever like a, a influential person leaves an organization, you know, a lot of the customers or other people who are under their supervision, usually will follow them because it wasn't the company that uh, they were that was motivating them or inspiring them. It was a person,
0: mm-hmm, the representative.
1: After leaves, yeah, that person leaves. They're they're going with them. They,
0: mm-hmm. I
1: mean, someone told me that a long time ago. And I, yeah, people follow people, like you know, like Jerry
0: Maguire. Who's yeah. coming with me? Who's coming with me? <laughs> and now I'd like to take. A little break. Right now, we're going through a lot of changes in our lives and businesses with this COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic. And I want to take a moment to point out that as business owners, adapting during a global pandemic is essential for our survival. From disaster plans to workplace safety and making a decision to close temporarily or close indefinitely and everything in between. It's definitely been a difficult past month for all businesses, small, medium, and big. It's definitely an opportune time to evaluate our business, make changes to our business plan, our marketing strategies, and to review our projected profit and loss statements to make the necessary adjustments. Business as we knew it a month ago doesn't exist anymore. It's time to let it go and to embrace the current situation and move our businesses forward. You can find free resources on my blog and on the Business Mindfulness series of this podcast. I also offer a one-hour free strategy session to everyone. Si no cambiamos con el tiempo, el tiempo nos cambia. Alright, so we're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about technology. Ooh, yes. So, what's your favorite technological tool that you use for your business? Oh,
1: man, there's there's a lot, but uh, I'm gonna say video editing software because
0: what, what do you use?
1: I use multiple, so I use either Keynote, I use GarageBand, and the Keynote, one I, like
0: the keynote like the app on yeah on like the apple app
1: yeah so you're able to make um really cool
0: um oh like, cool i didn't know that yeah. I'm, I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone to make more videos and i was like i've made some on imovie before and i figured out that i could record directly onto imovie from my laptop but I didn't know I could use Keynote for video editing. Keynote,
1: what you do is, um, so I don't know if you've seen some of the posts that I have. They have the video in the video in the middle, and then there's like letters on top, and it's like a different, it's like a mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: like a different. It's color. like two
0: videos, and it's kind of two in one, kind of. Kind of, but like you know, it's like
1: there's a video in the middle in the middle, and then there's words on top, and then mm-hmm. you put, like your username on the bottom.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like a template. Would, Correct. Oh, okay.
1: I use Keynote for that.
0: Oh, good to know. Yeah, and then
1: I learned other hacks is uh, thumbnails. Thumbnails are super important, apparently. Um, and Keynote is where I make thumbnails.
0: Right. So, like, if you're putting, um, like, a, a video in Instagram TV.
1: Yeah, you can put a cover.
0: You put a, and that's called a thumbnail, right? Yeah.
1: And the thumbnails comes from YouTube. So YouTube, you upload your YouTube video and then it's either you or or a clip from the video or it's a thumbnail thumbnail that you create. And the thumbnail is really important because the thumbnail is what catches people's attention and it Mm -hmm. kind of gives Mm -hmm. an idea of what the video is about. Mm
0: -hmm. So,
1: you know, YouTube is the second biggest search engine behind Google, so if you're looking for something, usually you will Google it. But if you want a visual of, like, how do I fix this, you need a. there's probably going to be a YouTube video on it. Mm-hmm. And then as you're going through it, you're like, all right, which one? Oh, this one. This has what I need, right? And that thumbnail so crucial. And I was just, like, not naive, but I was thinking my title, like, this is what it is, but what catches your attention is a thumbnail. So now I've been working with that a lot to kind of help um, people actually – watch my videos because
0: of the thumbnail cool that's so cool i've learned so much about technology through this just doing this podcast so <laughs> if anything, i have learned from all of you about technology um Actually, I was thinking about maybe putting a list together of like every op- episode, someone says like a new tech- technological tool. I'm like, maybe I could put it all in a list or something. That would be cool, right?
1: That'd be super helpful because then you can, um, instead of the person, a person having to go to each podcast, you're like, this is what I got from each podcast. And then like make a blog post on your website.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. I put it out. We put it out in the world. I'm going to do it. (laughs) Um, so do you have a business idol? Like, is there a business that you follow that you strive to be or, or pieces of it or, or what do you like or don't like about other businesses?
1: Um, I would say that if there's a person that I kind of like, I respect what she did. Um, Mm -hmm. Is Adriana's insurance? Hmm. Uh, She she's gangster. Uh, She was, you know.
0: Is it called Adriana's Gangster Insurance?
1: No, (laughs) (laughs) that would be funny. But um, no, she was. She I remember she would. She was killing it in advertising. She would just. She narrowed down on her target market, which was the Hispanic community. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, granted, you know, she did, you know, like, you know the, well, I do humor. She did, you know, sex. It was like, look at me. Um, she's, you know, attractive woman and she got, you know, stuff done. So of course, you know, that would drive a lot of men to the office and men, you know, pay for, and have, you know, what, not men, but I mean, just people have to pay for insurance, but they would gravitate to that. And she kind of, you know,
0: she used her resources.
1: Yeah. She, she worked with what she had, you know, Mm -hmm. And um, I think it was like her husband helped her build, like he was a marketing guy. I, I'm not sure of the whole, whole, all the details, but I just like, she is, you know, self-made. You know, she she made it happen. She started as an agent and just, you know, reinvested in herself and, you know, it paid off. And I take some of that from her. So like, I admire that that hustle that mm-hmm. she did, just in reinvesting in herself. And I-, I that myself like I anything that I everything that I make from the business goes directly back into the business as far as like um getting professional videos done uh getting a better website um you know getting custom gifts for my customers which helps for the long run like my customers ain't going anywhere um because they're always gonna remember these little attention to detail gifts that I got them Um, and I want to make sure that you know. I keep a customer because it's so much easier to keep a customer mm-hmm. than it is to get a new one.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And one thing I don't really like about Adriana's insurance is that her, her reviews aren't the best.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: mm-hmm. there wasn't a lot of... Uh, so like when people say like, oh, they can get customers, but they can't keep them. So they're, they're good yeah. at giving you but then once they have you, you're kind of like, oh, you're on your own, you know. Yeah. So that's the one thing I, I kind of don't like about it. But you know, I can pick and choose, right? She still was able to make something of herself. She's, I mean, she she was a completely bad, you know, business person. She would not be in business, right? Uh, so, I I like that about it. But I also want to add mine where I want to create the depth, and I know that that takes a lot longer. It takes a lot more work but you know i'm not here to get rich quick and take off and go retire somewhere you know i plan to do this for as long as i'm living
0: mm-hmm. yep that's the plan for everyone for all, all of right? us
1: and the cool thing is it's it's i can do this forever like i don't it, it's i mean it's not physically demanding work but i think more mentally demanding mm-hmm. sometimes mm-hmm. but you know, I work out enough to physically demand my body. So there's, there's definitely a balance.
0: That's good. So can you offer uh, some advice for anyone with a culturally specific business or business idea?
1: So my, my, my suggestion, well, my tip is to know your customer
0: Mm-hmm. Like
1: really know your customer and, and be able to connect with them. Know what they want. What are their problems? Figure out what their problems are, um, and and fix them. Now, as far as like the you know the culture part, you know, understand their culture, respect the culture, accept. Mm-hmm. It. Don't try to change them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Don't try to force them to do something. You know, if they, they don't agree with certain things, that's fine. You know, they They're may not wrap.
0: a good fit for your business. Then.
1: Yeah. And, and it's okay that, you know, not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to want to do business with you.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And the the best part that I like about one part of my business for when it comes to Medicare is customers have to like, if, if someone if one of my friends tells me, "Hey, um, my my parents uh, my parents are going to retire. Can you call them?" I'm Like, no, unfortunately, I cannot call them. They have to call me. Like, mm. that's how it works? It's that's those are the ground the rules that the the Center for Medicaid Services put for all brokers. You know, we we cannot call seniors uh, to solicit our services. They have to call us. And one thing that I noticed is that when people call me, that means they want to work with me,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, that's, and it helps. It makes it so much easier. Like it's, mm-hmm. we don't have to, I don't have to sell myself. They already know that I was referred to them. They're calling me nine out of 10 times. They're going to be a customer of mine. Mm-hmm. So if you don't chase people, you know, people can tell, like, I'll get people who are like, Hey, can you do me favor? Can you call this person? And I'm like, no, here's my number. Have them call me. And I know sometimes people get, you know, they're, they're hungry for success. They, they want to feel, they feel like having more money in their account makes them a better person or makes them happy. Or I I don't know what, what it is sometimes with people, Mm -hmm. but like you can feel someone's energy Mm -hmm. and just don't be, don't be uh, desperate because people can sense that in a heartbeat. That you're desperate, and that automatically triggers them to be like, "Hey, this guy is being this person's being very aggressive.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Why are they being aggressive? Maybe, maybe mm-hmm. I should reevaluate everything that I'm um, purchasing from this person because I think this person just wants to make the sale."
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. So, just
1: you know, be very patient. You know, like I said, know your your customers, know their culture.
0: That's that, really great advice. Yeah,
1: make sure that, you know, they may not work with you right mm-hmm. away.
0: You know, that maybe
1: it's not just the right time. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, they, they really have to talk to their, you know, to their kids. Like, for example, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
1: my Medicare customers are about my parents' age. And I understand. So they're like, oh, no, I want to talk to my, oh, my parents. My kids want to talk to you. Fine have no problem it's actually easier for me because they speak English and I could break down insurance better in English than I do in Spanish so Mm -hmm. it's like it's a win-win for me because then I went over the kids and then their kids is you know they have friends so whenever you know an insurance issue comes up they're gonna think of me because I'm like oh are you on Instagram oh cool yeah follow you follow each other right and there's no understanding just to be be patient know your customers super well, know what they want and and make sure you cater to their needs and not yours because their needs are more important than yours. And once you satisfy their needs, your needs will automatically be taken care of.
0: Oh my God. That is so important. A lot of people. And and that's the whole idea of like the salesperson is like, so like, uh, I, can't, I can't stand that idea because I feel like a salesperson makes their needs more important than their clients or their consumer. And what you just said is so important. When you have a business and you share information and you share knowledge and you share what you can offer them or what services you have, and then it's up to them if they need it or not. But if you're like really if you know your target audience and you share it with your target audience and the better you know them, like you said, the better you know them, then you'll automatically attract them. So it's kind of like this, it's kind of like just exactly how you said, it's like this energy thing, right? I had, you know, and I want to tell you that I had so much fun working with you and figuring out your target audiences. <laughs> it was really you have like you have multiple ones and you really know them really well and I don't think that you knew that you know them knew them that well until like yeah. we I actually do. put it down on a piece of paper like exactly that, I, was it was really fun for me
1: <laughs> It was a lot of fun, and I learned a lot from 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 you i mean if if people are listening um oh, you know Giselle gets a little nervous. Like when she's on the podcast, <laughs> she's really nervous. And it's very like uncomfortable for, sometimes for her. And I can tell, but when I did, when I did that webinar and you broke down the customer and, like you went into full on geek mode, not, and I'm not saying this in a bad way.
0: No, I am or, totally like a nerd. Like I'm totally like a business
1: strategy geek. nerd. <laughs> I data, data geek. And I was just like, and my mind was just like, Poof. I was like, she helped, you helped me understand my customer so much better where you know i just pay attention to certain things and um and like Mm -hmm. one of the things is like what are their spending habits does manny make breakfast does Mm -hmm. does evelyn drink coffee where Mm -hmm. does she get coffee does she make her own coffee or she go to starbucks i'm like shit (laughs) i don't know that much but like not it it all makes sense it makes sense why we should know these habits so yeah I thought I I, I knew my customers well but because of you and your course that you had I knew it I got to know them even better and I embraced um, the process of getting to know them and not Mm -hmm. forcing it right it's um, it's like a I almost feel like a private investigator sometimes (laughs) (laughs) Can know I, I can hear the
0: music. To, to, oh, wait, no, that's like,
1: You know, I'm just like, i
0: Mission like Impossible or something.
1: <laughs> no. You know, so like, <laughs> I reached out to like a, a customer of mine. And, uh, and uh, I think it was, um because of how, of your course, and, and this is, I, this is not whatsoever, like, here to. Hashtag sponsored by Giselle's course, but,
0: <laughs> no. you know,
1: but uh,
0: I'm not paying him to say this people. The thing that
1: I realize is that, um, like for myself, you know, um, you look for the, like who influences this person to make a purchase. And mm-hmm. I remember you were talking about that and I was like, so I'm frugal by nature.
0: Mm-hmm. I only
1: buy what I need. I don't ever buy anything extra. Mm-hmm. And if something doesn't bring value to me, I don't buy it. Period. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was noticing, like at the gym, people were like, "Oh, you should get these gym shoes, Nick. These gym shoes are gonna make a difference." No, I don't need them. I got a pair of shoes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like they're just flat shoes. I have Converse. I have these shoes that are flat. I'm fine. Like, oh, okay. Didn't didn't say anything. But my wife bought them, right? And she's like, "Hey, someone so told me about these shoes. I'm gonna like, get them, right?" I'm like, okay. And she gets them and she loves them, right? And I'm like, shit. <laughs> I'm like, Maybe they are worth it, right? So I end up getting the pair and I wear them. And now that's the only thing I wear when I go to the gym to go lift weights. So I'm like, oh, my God, right? And the second one, this is the funniest one. So there's this heart rate monitor that uh, the the gym wanted all of us to buy. And I'm like, I don't want to buy it. I have a heart rate monitor on my watch. Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't need another device. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, oh no, it's a little bit more accurate. You know, you can log your information, blah, 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 all this other nonsense. I'm like, no, I don't want it. So what happens? My wife buys it because she your was curious. <laughs> right? So then she's like, oh this is really cool, right? And I'm just like, damn it, I end up buying it, right? So I started realizing, like, okay, how I operate as a person, and when a certain customer who I was trying to approach him. How people were trying to approach me, and I was getting nowhere. And then I realized that wait a minute, his wife is the one that does all the decision.
0: Mm. So,
1: lo and behold, I think we were having this conversation about uh, the life insurance policy. And like, what do you? What's your? What's your point with this email, Nick? Mm-hmm. And very simple. I met him. Um, I met his wife. No, I don't. I should take that. Back. I don't. I didn't meet his wife. I got his wife's phone number. Make a long story short. I ended up uh, getting two life insurance policies because I went through the wife, the decision maker, and mm-hmm. not a customer.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: though the customer gave me the, gives the okay. The wife is the one who actually pushes it through. And the originally was supposed to be just for him. And she's like, well, I want one too. So I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you really have to understand, you know, it just, Embrace that you're not going to change your customer or your potential customer of how Mm -hmm. they spend their money. Mm -hmm. You just have to figure out what makes them purchase things Mm -hmm. and how to, once you know that, play that and then you'll get everything that it is, you know, that you'll be able to, well, you won't have to sell. You'll just literally be guiding them in the right direction. Like you're just like, all right, cool. I know what this person wants. All right, cool. Let me go ahead and fix this problem for him. And then it, and it just flows.
0: Yeah, it's so, I want to say it's like psychological also. Like, that's why in marketing, they teach psychology. <laughs> yeah. They do. Like, I remember I learning. I remember learning about this in my marketing class. And I'm like, oh my God, these companies are evil. They're getting into our brain. But you know what? Like, yeah, but now I'm teaching small businesses to do that, but not in a way to get in people's brain to make a sale. No, in a way to understand them and see who's a good fit for your, for the services that you offer. And it's that, that's all that it's about is like, who's a good fit if it's a good fit, they'll come to you. If it's not, they won't. And that's fine. Then don't spend your time trying to convince them because you're not. Like, accept that also. Accept that part of your business also. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, I, I am such, like, a research nerd. I am like that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when you- it's like It's like a switch, like, turns on. And then, like, when I talk about this, it's like, oh. And talk and talk and talk and talk and talk It's like, okay. I love it. it.
1: And and I knew that when I first met you, I was like, oh, I bet she's a data geek. And (laughs) when I started working, I was like, oh no, like this, she is, she is a data geek. And it was just like, (laughs) I learned so much and I I feel like I should take, again, because it's like, I want to make it, you know, reoccurring because sometimes you forget, you know, certain Mm -hmm. things. Um, But no, that was... You'll be fine. I think what, what what people sometimes have a struggle with, if if someone's like myself, right? I'm smart. I can do it myself. I don't need any help.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Look, I know what you're thinking because I've thought it before. You know it all, but you want to be able to get a different perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's
1: there's nothing like a person. It's going to look at your business with a fresh set of eyes with a particular set of skills. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: if you're thinking about, if you have a business idea or you have a business and you're kind of, you know, you're struggling, you're doing well, but you're like, you're not doing as well as you want to. You definitely need to hire someone to look at it and help you break it down a little bit to, you know. You you break down an elephant into like a thousand pieces, and mm-hmm. you have to understand each and each and every piece, so you understand the whole elephant. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, okay, now I know how this person operates. And it's and one person who is a contractor versus who is a small business owner, they're two different people. They have mm-hmm. two different sets of problems, and I didn't realize that until.
0: Just <laughs> out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, even I have a coach. I've been working with a coach for a year now, and that x ex- that that uh, perspective really has helped me to open up things in my, within myself and within my business that I did I haven't before. And without that extra layer of perception, I would wouldn't be doing a lot of the things I'm doing now. So. Yeah, I just think it's, everybody needs that. I always say that everybody needs a uh, accountant, every business and business owner needs accountant, a lawyer, and some sort of business coach or consultant or business strategist or something like at all times. You need to be working with those people at all times um, because that's what's gonna take your business and take you to like unforeseen levels that you've never even imagined yep so we i, I feel like you and I, like we can just sit here and talk for like the next three hours i mean we're um, in absolutely. shelter in place and absolutely. isolation yeah. so let's just make this a five hour <laughs> <laughs> the now. They can,
1: they can <laughs> the content as yeah. they want because
0: they're not
1: really doing much and they need a distraction and honestly if, if if people do not come out of this quarantine with a new skill or with a a, a side hustle or you know in better shape that's a you problem because we had time you know here's the time where you can evaluate things and all right i'm in a bad situation i need to not be in this situation anymore you have the time to figure it out i, I had my own personal recession from 2007 to 2008 Oh, May 2008, right before the actual recession happened. Um, So when that happened, I was prepared for this case. Like now we're in this epic, you know, pandemic is I'm in a really good position. You know, I'm financially doing very well, but I still have problems, (laughs) a lot of problems. So I'm taking advantage of this time and like learn how to make my own thumbnails, learn how to, you know. (laughs) You know, no but, yeah, for sure. Like virtual assistant, like I'm like digging and trying to figure out how I can be better um because I have time. So yeah. people need to take advantage of the information that's out there. Like this is a great podcast that listens to you know the interviews, great people who have practical advice, like this is nothing fancy at all. Like mm-hmm. I don't come from family that have a lot of money, just a lot of day by day work. And never giving up
0: hmm yeah and it's really important to to it's like that question like if you had more time what would you do guess what people
1: <laughs> you've got the time
0: you have more time right now it's a gift Yes, I, I don't. I don't want to like downplay everything else that's going on in the world, you know. But yes, there is a gift of time for some of us, and let's take advantage of it. And some of us need that time to rest. Some of us need that time yeah. to take a look at I don't know at, uh, anything and any and some t- people just need time to rest. Some people need time to binge watch TV <laughs> some, <laughs> because they haven't done it in a long time. Some people need time to read books or. Whatever. I and watch know. Tiger King. That's really good. I'm not bringing myself to watch that just yet. I don't know. Oh, how long, it's so good. I don't know how long it'll be before I cave. Oh, I you. You know
1: what? I, I'm not. A, so I started seeing the memes on the internet and I wasn't mm-hmm. quite getting them. And I was like, whatever. And, um, but someone had mentioned like, oh no, it's really good. And I was like, okay.
0: And, did your uh, wife tell you, <laughs> did your
1: wife influence you to,
0: <laughs> to watch it? <laughs> I watch. I would say. You know what? I, I need to become best friends with your wife, so that way, if I want Nick to do something, I'm like, "Oh." Okay. oh dude,
1: that's it. Game over. <laughs> Game over. Like,
0: I'm just kidding. <laughs> I would just be like credit
1: card. Credit card. <laughs> it's ridiculous. No, ninety percent of the shows that I watch is because of her.
0: Oh, my internet connection is unstable. All right, then. Okay, well, (laughs) before it logs me off, let's just um, say, where can people find you? Like, do you have a website? I know you're on Instagram. Everybody needs to follow his Instagram. um, If you want pure entertainment. (laughs) Where where are you? You're also, I think, on Twitter, right? Um,
1: Yes, so um, I've made everything pretty easy. Uh, My Instagram handle, my Facebook handle, the TikTok um, and my new website is Nicholas without an H. So, Nicolas Luna Broker on all those platforms. And then my website is nicolaslunabroker.com. Hmm. And then Nicholas. my podcast, also, um, if you are listening, if, well, obviously, you listen to this yes. podcast, um, The Practical Entrepreneur. It's on iTunes, it's on Google Play.
0: Yeah, uh, I love listening to your podcast. You also interview business owners, small business owners, and just other people that I've learned actually a lot from your podcast too. <laughs> so everybody go listen to his podcast, The Practical Entrepreneur, go follow him on Instagram and on all the social medias and visit him. And um, I actually refer you a lot to people. <laughs> Sometimes I'm like, let me call Nick so that you can talk to him right now. But I don't because of what you said earlier that like people need to call you. Um, yeah I just give them your information and I let it happen
1: yeah because they call me they're serious
0: yeah so thank you so much for sharing your Sunday morning <laughs> with me I <laughs> no, think you're if welcome. we weren't doing this in shelter and place time like our Sunday mornings would not be available for this <laughs> yeah
1: I know me too I'd be like I'd be at the track working out doing something yeah. yeah, I would probably just be getting in Yeah.
0: so I really appreciate your time and all of the great advice that you have for everyone and I'm really happy that you built your business and I just it's going to continue to grow and grow and grow and grow and grow so I'm really happy for you.
1: Thanks so much Gisella. and everyone that's listening go take some action
0: <laughs> Yes Thank you for listening to Relate and Elevate Find me on Instagram at Giselle's World and on Facebook at GM Strategist. Make sure to visit my website, GiselleMartin.com, and please, please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Hope you have an amazing day. Bye.